Hey, thanks for queuing up the podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to make you aware of three music marketing resources with an emphasis on one in particular. There's a good chance you're already familiar with my flagship title called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook and perhaps even the 5-Minute Music Marketer. Both of those titles are well worth your time, but I want to make you aware of another title that doesn't quite get the attention as those two do. And that one is called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. I'm really proud of this book, and I think you would get a lot out of it. And basically what it covers is what I consider to be nine timeless principles of music marketing. So regardless of the new website, app, or tool, because they're always changing, as you know, these are principles you can apply no matter what. They're timeless. They tap into that eternal connection that people have with music and with music makers. So I think you would get a lot out of this book. It's available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries in both paperback and ebook formats. So go check it out. The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And now, enjoy the episode. It's time for our main topic here. Seven Steps to Unleashing Your Creativity. Mm. Creativity is something that is really been a big part of my life as a musician as a I've done some visual art I've done acting performance art I teach and perform improv comedy written a bunch of books immersed myself in a lot of different areas of creativity and for many years before the YouTube era of this affirmations last like, which came about in the last six years I was really that was kind of what I was known for I've written many books and did workshops and all kinds of things to inspire musicians authors creative people and I kind of that stuff has been put on kind of like the in the the back burner or whatever in recent years as as we focus more on affirmations and I love this new chapter of my life but I I'm kind of reconnecting with that passion for creative entrepreneurs but what we're going to talk about today is not something you don't have to be an artist or a professional artist or seeking a career in the arts just it's about how to add more creativity to your life one of the books that I came out with uh, a few years ago called The Passion Principles. Subtitle is 101 Ways to Express Your Creativity and Share It with the World. And in this, I'm going to be highlighting seven of those 101 ways. Stood out for me as something that I wanted to share with you today. Again, you don't have to be pursuing a career as an artist or needing to make money with it or whatever. We all have these creative urges, these things that we want to do, uh, that we feel compelled to do, that we often downplay and water down. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Luki, we kind of like dim our light when it comes mm-hmm. to those things. And, and sometimes it, it's uh, when you don't feed your soul in these ways. Things happen. Yeah. So why, yeah, why would you want to unleash your creativity? So I'm going to quote Elizabeth Gilbert. She is the author of Eat, Pray, Love and a great book called Big Magic, among other other titles. But uh, her quote here, a creative life is an amplified life. It's a bigger life, a happier life, an expanded life, and a hell of a lot more interesting life. So I think that's a a great foundation about why just... I love it. Bigger, happier, expanded, and more interesting. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want that? I do. <laughs> and that's, that's why I've incorporated into my life all along. Oh, I know, I know. This is like, in, like this is even speaks to the the big bold bodacious goals. Because we, yeah, we talk, mm-hmm. we, we talk were, about this amplified, bigger, 
expanded. We talk about, yeah, uh, helping you reconnect with purpose, passion, and play, Mm -hmm. and the joy of living a big, bold, bodacious life. And often that is connected with a big, bold, bodacious goal. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the first first step here is put the struggle in its proper place. Now I'm just going to read some sections here from, from the book, and then just we'll expound on it a little bit as we go. Uh, so yeah, put struggle in its proper place. You hear a lot about struggling artists. You know, those poor souls who toil for years through the hardship of obscurity. Sounds romantic, right? Actually, no. <laughs> it doesn't sound appealing at all. Uh, it's a notion based on a misguided stereotype. The truth is, challenges are just a part of life. Not just for artists. Every human struggles at one time or another, even people who pursue prestigious careers in law, medicine, technology. Yet creative people get unfairly labeled as struggling if success doesn't come quickly. And that's nonsense. So don't believe the myth. Create your own label. How about thriving artist or enthusiastic artist? Doesn't that sound better? Of course. Wouldn't you so agree? Better. These creative fields often get that struggling, starving And it is a stereotype, and label. it's not true, because it's, it isn't across the board. We have to be careful when we, when we make these judgments. There are some artists who are extremely wealthy. In fact, we're surrounded by people, honey, in our world who are artists below the radar that are making fantastic livings with their expression of art, right? right? You don't have to be a household name. It's the same with any field. Yeah, there's there are people right. that are that are exceeding and thriving, and there are people who, who are um, just kind of doing it on the hobby mode, you know, and, and everything in between. So we'll go on. The next step here is decide what success means to you. So creative people often have a narrow view of what it means to make it. Their definition of success is often based on the well-known people who inspire them. So if your role models include like Stephen King, Meryl Streep, or Aretha Franklin, you may always feel like you fall short. So here's a better approach. Create your own definition of success. Reaching millions of people, making lots of money, and being in the national spotlight would be great, but those things are not required to do fulfilling work. Success in the arts or success of just being and activating your creativity is whatever you decide it is. So strive to make a bigger impact, immerse yourself in your art while still being happy with where you are now. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So your your role models may have inspired you, but that is not the only definition of success. Yeah. So, success is different for all of us. So I meet so many people and you know, I go you know, at a conference or just out and about and somebody goes, well, I'm trying to write or they, you know, they, I don't know, they, they hem and haw around saying, right, right, right. I'm a writer, you know, instead of, it, it, you have to Claiming like qualify it, it by, but I don't make any money with it or yeah, I don't right. do this. So who I haven't who written a book yet, but... Uh, I'm working on it. All right, next step here, embrace the gap. Okay, so Ira Glass is the host of the uh, public radio show This American Life, and he once talked about the frustration that creative people feel in the early years of pursuing their craft. So they're inspired to do art because they have a sense of taste. But at first, like they have this vision about what they aspire to create, right? It's in their in their heads, and, they, and often it is inspired by those people that they add But at first, their technical skills don't allow them to create at the high level that they envision. It's not a match yet because they just haven't immersed themselves in learning it yet. Yeah, develop a skill. So he referred to this disparity as the gap, and every creative person experiences it. But many people give up during this difficult stage. 
um, because it's just too wide. Right. Oh, I created this thing. It doesn't look anything like what I wanted. I'm, I'm not good at this, right? Mm-hmm. But the solution, according to Ira Glass, is to do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline because it's only by going through a volume of work that you are going to catch up and close that gap. Wow. So I'm a big proponent of this. It's just like immerse yourself in it. I mean, you don't have to share it all publicly necessarily, but you just got to do a lot of the stuff to even get a, a sense of what you're what you're capable of. Right, right. You, know, you hone your skills to, to find your voice, to find your style. Because you don't know what that is if, unless you've done it for a long, long time. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Embrace the gap. Don't be afraid of it. Don't let it slow you down. I like throwing in some quotes here. Colin Wright. I like this one. If you don't feel stupid half the time, you probably aren't trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And so that's basically like put yourself out there and be willing to fail, sometimes in public, sometimes in private, you know. And learn. Yeah. Just experiment, learn, try stuff. That's what being creative is, right? Mm-hmm. If everything is great, then there's probably something <laughs> something wrong. Right? <laughs> so you should always be learning. Number four here in our seven steps is make time for your art. This is really super important. It kind of tags into that last thing about closing the, the gap, doing a volume of work. If doing a volume of work is the best solution for getting better at your craft, guess what your next step is? That's right. Make art a priority in your life or creativity, whatever that is that, that is for you. But just don't make that commitment in your head. Bring it into the real world by designating time on your calendar. Make creating a regular part of your weekly or even daily schedule. So give it the same priority as doctor's appointments and showing up for a day job or picking up the kids from school. You know, you just wouldn't, I don't get around to it if I feel like picking up. No, you, it's something that you do because it needs to be done, right? Right. Uh, so don't treat your art as something yet that you'll do when you can get around to it. That, ra- that time rarely comes. Never. never comes, really. So block it out on the calendar, then honor that creative commitment. Mm-hmm. So make time for your art. Now, right along with that, is to create a space for your art. Along with carving out time, also have a dedicated work area. If you always have to clear a space before you begin, you'll be less likely to act on your commitment to your art. That's so true. If you're a painter, have a place where your brushes, paint, and tools are always ready. If you're a dancer, set up a space where you are free to move. If you're a musician, make sure you have easy access to your instrument and your recording gear. Now, writers can be a little bit more mobile, so you can find a, a local library or coffee shop that appeals to you and then have your laptop ready to go when it's time for your next writing session. And I know I can speak to this because there was a, a, a number of years where I was pretty active painting, doing you know acrylic painting right. and visual art, and we had a space in the basement set up for for art. And so the stuff was always there. So whenever I was inspired, I can just go down there and get to work pretty quickly. Now we've done some rearranging in the house right. lately, and that space is not available. I don't really have time actually to do much of it lately, but even if I wanted to, it's just it's just like the thought of having to clear space and pull out the paints, it's just too much. So I don't do that. I do plenty of other creative things, but it's just an example of having the space available to set you up for success. We need a complex. <laughs> you what? We need a complex. We need a complex? Right. We need like a place that has like 18 different spaces. Oh, yeah. We need one a for dancing, oh, we one need for a... music, one for art, one for writing, one for, you know. That's right. We need, I guess we need a bigger house. Yeah. We need, we need to buy a <laughs> university, babe. 
All right. And here's another one. Number six here is find a balance between process and product. Well, what the heck do I mean by that? So there are times to focus on product, which is the creative end result you want. And there are time then to focus on process, which is the technique you use to create. For instance, if you're a painter commissioned to do a portrait, uh, then you keep the client's desires in mind when you're creating that end result. If you're an actor rehearsing for a play, you strive to meet the director's vision for your character. But in addition to that, a lot time to create with no end result in mind. Just make opportunities to experiment and play with your medium and your technique. If you're a musician, write songs on different instruments or craft stories from a different point of view. Use unusual materials for, uh, for your art. You know, always be switching things up. So find a healthy balance between free-flowing experimentation and then purposeful creation with a specific end result in mind. A lot of people just stick stick on the process, like this end result I need to get instead of playing with the technique. Right, right, right. right. So I think that's great advice. Um, one more yeah. quote here from Mary Lou Cook. Creativity is inventing experimenting, growing, taking risks, breaking rules, making mistakes, and having fun. It's all those things. Yeah. Isn't that, doesn't that sound like a, living a big, bold, bodacious life? Yeah, doesn't that sound like fun? <laughs> it, oh, my it, it does. gosh. And this is t- totally different than what most people do when it comes to creativity. they like, oh, I got to get this right. Oh, that painting looks awful. I'm a failure. I'm not creative. See, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't string together a sentence. I couldn't write a song. If I, no, just that, don't, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Right. You're not going to be a best. to do it over and over, yeah, and over we, again. Why are you worried about being in like in a gallery when you've just been painting for two weeks or whatever, you know? So just like play with it, invent, Have experiment. Fun. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, um, number seven, our final tip here is produce a tangible prototype. Every human-made object started as an idea in someone's mind. This is especially true of all works of art, music, performance, and literature. Prolific artists then take action on their ideas and do the work necessary to transform their inspiration into a 3D reality. But there's a lag time between conception and manifestation. It takes discipline to keep working with no tangible evidence to motivate you. So the solution is to create a tangible representation of the end result. So like an, authors or musicians might print a mock-up of their book or their album cover. I've done this. Playwrights or filmmakers might create a poster or a playbill, you know, and, and have it as a tangible representation. Placing uh, prototypes like this in plain view will act as a constant reminder that your idea is taking shape in the real world. Yeah, like so covers are important. Yeah, I've done that with book covers. I'll, I'll pin it up next to the wall if I'm working on a book and take it off just out of my head and out of the computer and put it, you know, it's, it's something to visually remind me. If you're interested in the passion principles, it's available on Amazon in like 13 countries. I've gotten some lovely uh, quotes here. This is uh, Emily Phil- Fillmore, who actually co-authored one of the uh, Conversations with God books with Neil Donald Walsh. Mm-hmm. Some nice things to say about that. Uh, there's tons more. You can find it on Amazon in uh, many, many countries. Just look for the Passion Principles and Bob Baker. And it's available as a paperback or an ebook and an audiobook. Actually, it's in all three formats. So pick your uh, whichever one works best for you. I wanted to end with this quote from Austin Kleon, who's the author of Steal Like an Artist and a number of books in that series. He says, draw the art you want to see. Start the business you want to run. Play the music you want to hear. Write the books you want to read. Build the products you want to use. Do the work you want to see done. I love that. In the world. Isn't that cool? That is way cool. Actually, 
this YouTube channel exists because I was seeking out, you, some of you know the story, but I was looking for affirmations in a, done in a particular way and I wasn't finding them. And I said, I'm just going to make these myself. So I created the affirmation recordings and videos that I wanted to hear. And look what happened. It kind of worked out. Now, here yeah, we are. I scratched my own creative itch, but I ended up helping a lot of people uh, around the, the world and supporting our household. In a, Who knew that was going to happen? Yeah, I, it was no part of a business plan. I just kind of followed the energy, followed the inspiration. So I hope that you enjoyed that.